Hello, and welcome to the NLP Highlights Podcast, where we talk about interesting recent work in natural language processing. This is Matt Gardner and Walid Ammar. We are research scientists at the Allen Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Okay, today's paper is titled Get to the Point, Summarization with Pointer Generator Networks. It's a paper written by Abigail C., Peter Liu, and Christopher Manning at Stanford University and Google Brain. This paper looks at the task of summarization, which is uh, given some, typically a news article is where you see this used most, but you could imagine it for a lot of other things, given some input text, such as a news article, generate some summarization of it, which could be a headline or it could be a few sentence summary, like a paragraph. Uh, and an important distinction that people make in summarization tasks is between extractive summarization and abstractive summarization where extractive summarization means I'm extracting something from the input text and returning that as my summary. I don't have to generate anything new. I just have to pull out pieces of my input and return that combined in some way, maybe, uh, as the output of my, like, the, the thing that I'm using to summarize the input. Abstractive summarization is more general in that you can, uh, you're allowed to produce, to return things in your summary that were not in the original document. So you can use different words to say the same thing, and as you might expect, this is how humans summarize things most of the time. Uh, we, we typically don't just pull out uh, phrases from the, original, from the original input text when we're summarizing, say, a textbook or a scientific paper, or talking about a paper on a podcast, for instance. Right, but this is hard. So most uh, methods in uh, most summarization methods actually do uh, extracts of summarization because generating language is very hard. And there was a uh, recent uh, blog post by uh, you are like bashing people uh, about proposing a naive method for uh, for doing generation. Yeah, um, if you look at the, I guess this is a little teaser for later on um, in this episode, but the baseline result for extractive summarization is you just take the first three sentences of the article, so that. They're actually looking at news articles and trying to summarize the news article. And if you just take the, the first three sentences, you do better on their metrics than any other method that's ever been proposed, basically. Um, it's really hard to beat this baseline because, as Walid said, language generation is hard. But uh, instead of getting discouraged by how hard this is, they say, let's see how much we can push on the abstractive part and see if we can at least get close to the, the extractive baseline. Okay, So that's, what, that's where we're coming with, with this paper. Uh, I will note here that I just really liked this paper. It's written really well. It was really nice to read. It's formatted nicely. It even like refer, uh, formats references correctly. Its figures are really nice and clear and clean. It's just a nice paper. It's a really good example of a well-written paper. Um, so there you go. Uh, okay, well, now let's talk about the actual model that they use. So uh, remember they're trying to generate text given some input. So uh, you can imagine uh, two uh, very different kinds of things that you might try to do. One is more more on the extractive line, uh, except it's instead of extracting um, individual, like instead of extracting whole sections of text, you can generate one word at a time from the input document by copying something from the input document. This was introduced uh, year or a few years ago uh, in a paper called Pointer Networks. And um, this paper builds on that 
uh, and says, let uh, this, this is one option for generating something. And here, uh, in this kind of a model, you run some encoder on the input document. And then at every time step when you're generating a word, you compute an attention over your input and sample from that attention distribution or pick the max or something. Uh, and uh, that attention distribution is, is uh, basically your copy probability. Which word should I copy from my input at each, at each time step? This is a pointer network. A uh, different idea is I can still use the same encoder on my input maybe a byless TM or a stacked byless TM, whatever I want to do. And then at each time step, uh, I have some vocabulary that I can generate words from. And so given uh, in my decoder, uh, from whatever hidden state my decoder has, I compute a probability distribution over my vocabulary, and I generate a word from there. And this is a generation or abstractive kind of model. What this paper does is a combination of the two, and they call it a pointer generator network. This is, um, we should be clear, it's not a new idea. Uh, a lot of people have done this in a lot of different tasks, like semantic parsing. Uh, there are these like copy plus generate or pointer plus generate kind of models to generate logical forms given some input. Uh, you see it all over the place these days. Uh, this is a uh, paper applying this idea to um, summarization. Um, their, their particular instantiation of this combination is they take, uh, as I said, a, some bidirectional LSTM encoder on their input. Uh, and then at each step in the hidden state, they output a uh, generate probability, which is essentially a gate or a mixing parameter that tells you how much should I, uh, how much do I expect my model to copy right now, or how much uh, should I generate. And then you compute these two different probability distributions one over the, the words in your input, and one over the words in your, in your vocabulary. And you just do a linear combination of these two probability distributions using this mixing parameter that you've predicted. And that gives you a final distribution over words that you're going to output. And that's their pointer generator model. This works pretty well. <clears throat> um, and uh, they have just one little extra tweak, which is a nice little idea. Uh, and it's a coverage mechanism. This doesn't change the structure of the model at all, but it augments the loss function, saying that if I'm assigning attention to words in the vo uh, to words in my input, uh, either to um, copy from it or to use an attention-weighted hidden state for generating from my vocabulary, uh, anytime I compute an attention over my input. Uh, I penalize looking at the same place multiple times over multiple time steps. And they do this by keeping track over time of all of the attention that they've given to different tokens in the input, and then um, penalizing, uh, giving new attention to things that have already gotten attention in previous time steps. And it's a way of encouraging the model to not repeat itself, which uh, previous models uh, have suffered from. So this coverage mechanism works like um regularizer, which um, looks at the previous decision you made for attention and uh, the new attention you're assigning. And um, if if you're picking the same word that you've picked several times before, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to penalize you for doing this. So how does uh, the additional term, the add, exactly uh, compute this penalty? Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting how they get this to work. So they add a term to the loss function that is 
a sum over all of the tokens in your input, and uh, it's you take the minimum of the attention given to the, each token and the, the sum of the previous attention that I've given it in previous time steps. So uh, uh, what this means is uh, the first step, this coverage loss, is going to be zero because I've never, <clears throat> because I'm doing a, a token-wise min over all of my input tokens, and the previous coverage, the previous attention that I've given to it, the, the coverage value for each token is going to be zero. And so the min of zero and any, any attention that I give this turn, this token uh, time step, is going to be zero. So the first, uh, the first time I output something, my coverage loss is zero. It gets interesting at the next step and in future steps, where now I take the attention that I assigned at, at the previous time step and I add it to the coverage vector. So now if I've seen something before, uh, the, if I've paid attention to a token before, it now has a higher coverage value. Now if I assign probability mass to that same token, uh, I, I'm taking the min of the coverage probability, the previous attention that I've given to this token, and the current attention that I'm getting, give, giving to this token. And that means that uh, my loss is, is going to be high because both of those values are high. If instead I assign probability mass in my attention to a, a token that has a low coverage vector that I haven't paid attention to before, I'm taking the min of the low coverage vector and the high probability, the high current time step attention, and I'm going to get, a, get to get a low value. So I minimize this loss by picking, by, by choosing to attend uh, to tokens that I have not attended to in previous time steps. Does this make sense? It does make sense. And it seems like computing um, this on paper will be uh, daunting because every time in every time step, you're uh, selecting one of the two terms. And then if you select the, uh, the aggregate, you have to backpropagate through all the previous steps which contributed to this aggregate value. Yeah, uh, th this is like th this would be like impossible to have implemented before the days of automatic differentiation. Like th this is why uh, our modern deep learning toolkits are so nice because they let us do these really interesting things that there's no way we could have done this before. It's just too messy to actually do this yourself. Okay, so uh, that's how the model works. Um, the way I read this was like a pretty standard uh, pointer generator kind of network. This, these are things that I've seen before that I've implemented. Um, and so like it seemed pretty standard to me except for this coverage term, which was really pretty interesting. Uh, and so uh, I guess we'll just finish up by talking about the actual experiments that they did. They used the CNN Daily Mail dataset, which was released a couple of years ago by uh, some folks at Google. Uh, uh, called, they called this reading comprehension. It's a closed style reading comprehension task where you're given a document, a news article from either CNN or from the Daily Mail with an accompanying summary with one token removed, where that token was typically an entity from the document. And then the task in this reading comprehension data set was to recover the entity that was pulled out. They take this data set and instead take the summary completely without any entity missing and try to generate the summary from the document. <clears throat> they, uh, you, you, a minor point here is that um, Google originally anonymized the data set, so all entities were replaced with entity identifiers. There are some issues there because it was done automatically, and um, Dan Chen had an interesting 
analysis of this data set. But um, this paper that we're looking at today said, let's forget about this entity anonymization and only use the original text. And um, there are some nice reasons to, to think that we should do it that way instead of using the anonymized version. So anyway, they do this. They given the input. They try to generate the summary, train the model to generate the summary. Uh, I guess they had, let's see, uh, almost 300,000 training pairs, about 13,000 validation, and about uh, 11.5 thousand test pairs. And so um, they evaluated, after training on their data, they evaluated on the test set by using Rouge and Meteor metrics. These are common evaluation metrics in machine translation work where you have some reference thing that was supposed to have been generated, and you want to, to compare an actual generated thing to the, the reference. And you do this essentially by looking at overlaps of different length n-grams between the generated thing and the reference thing. And Meteor is uh, a metric that does this in a parameterized way, tries to be a little fancier and better handle synonym kinds of things instead of just strict overlap. And uh, Rouge is one that's more um, looking just at strict overlap. Um, the upshot is they do better by several Rouge points than any previous abstractive model. And they do comparably to previous extractive models, except for the baseline, which is just take the first three sentences. So as I said earlier, that's kind of a disappointing result that you can't beat that really simple baseline but still pretty nice that you can get really very close using this abstractive approach. Uh, and the reason to be optimistic about the abstractive approach is that it's strictly more general. Uh, you, you can make more progress starting from this baseline than you can from, hey, let's take the first three sentences. It's not clear at all how to take that and do interesting work with it. Whereas here we have a nice model that can do interesting things and maybe we can push it. And actually we're really close to the baseline, so maybe we'll actually beat it pretty soon. Yeah, that's a very exciting result. Uh, did they show any um, sample output from the model? Yeah, they did. Um, what, like the first figure on, on their paper uh, has a document and outputs from previous, uh, like from the, the baseline, let's just generate model from a pointer generator network without a coverage penalty, and then their final model that has a coverage penalty, and they show fa failure cases of different things where if you're not copying it, you have a hard time generating named entities and other rare words. Uh, this is, as you can imagine, a whole lot easier to generate from looking at your input document than generating a rare token from a vocabulary. Uh, if you don't have a coverage penalty, you are more likely to repeat yourself and uh, try, try to summarize the same thing several times, whereas uh, their final model has a pretty decent summary. Looks like it actually is pretty abstract, uh, extractive, and that uh, the end result is basically three sentences that are just copied from different parts of the document. So uh, that's what the model learns how to do, uh, which is kind of interesting. So, like, you you could imagine um, some penalties in future work trying to make this explicitly more abstractive and less overlap with the actual document. I don't know how you would do that, um, but they also have some analysis at the end, they have several pages of discussion, which are pretty interesting, showing um, how frequently uh, there are overlaps between uh, various levels of n-grams and whole sentences, how often these are unique uh, in the summary versus in the original document. 
That is to say, I can look at each full sentence in my summary and see if that sentence appears in the original document. For reference summaries, summaries generated by humans, this almost never happens. For the um, pointer generator plus coverage model, this happens about 30-35% 30, 30, of the time, where the, a sentence in my output is identical to one in my input. And you get um, similar kinds of disparities in number of like actual abstractive summarizations when you look at uh, shorter length sequences too. So uh, unique four grams in reference summaries is like 20% are, are actually copied from the input. So if you look at each four, each four word sequence in my reference summary generated by a human, only 20% of the time will I have seen that four word sequence in my input document. But for the pointer generator network, uh, that happens almost 90% of the time. So it does a whole lot of copying, whereas humans don't. And so this is a really interesting, like, this to me is like the, the hard part left in this task. And it'll be interesting to see future work on this. Thank you for talking about this paper, Matt. Next time we'll talk about a paper titled Improving Hypernomy Detection with an Integrated Path-Based and Distributional Method.